Hello, fellow human beings. Welcome to the Dipshit Files, episode 73. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And once again, we have some bullshit, some debauchery. Some weirdness. Yeah, but this yeah. one, I guess, is going to be strange this conspiracies and unknown creatures. Yeah, this is this is a fun one. It's kind of a hodgepodge of uh, weird things. Mm. And I had so much fun writing this. I, I don't know. I think you guys will all enjoy it. All right, well, get ready to strain your credulity. And let's open up the thing. All right. For as long as humans have been recording their history, there have been conspiracy theories and outlandish beliefs, some of which have been proven to be correct, while others are a bit more ridiculous and way less believable. It's a spectrum. Some have to do with extraterrestrial beings visiting Earth in order to share their superior knowledge with us. Others focus on a nefarious ruling class that oppress and control their people without their knowledge, but... At the end of the day, there will likely never come a time when a conspiracy theory doesn't exist. Hmm. For centuries, humans have woven their realities around what they know and what they don't. Mainly that one. <laughs> this has brought about some strange ideas, interesting folklore, and some far-fetched... Some bullshit! Yes, yeah, some far-fetched explanations to mysterious events. But we're going to talk about some of these today. So are you ready to begin? I feel like I am. All right, let's do it. And now it's time for our first weird-ass conspiracy. And this one's got fucking aliens. Every now and then, an author writes a book that, to some, is so profound that it changes their entire belief system Thanks, forever. Jesus. <laughs> a lot of sequels, too. One such example is Dianetics. Ew. The <laughs> Modern Science of Mental Health, which was written by L. Ron Hubbard mm -hmm. and serves as the cornerstone of for the belief and practice of the Church of Scientology. Thanks, L. Ron Jesus. <laughs> Another example of this is a series of books written by economist and French theorist, Zachariah Sitchin oh boy. called the Earth Chronicles, in which he lays out his interpretations of ancient cuneiform tablets originating from Sumer and Akkad. Sitchin claims to be one of only a handful of people who have the ability to translate these tablets. Red flag. And in the first of his books, titled The Twelfth Planet, he states that there's a planet in our solar system called Nibiru, or Planet X, that where we're Anunnaki live. where we're that we're unaware of. Oh, we know. Now, according to the author, Nibiru orbits our sun every 3,600 years, and eventually, the belief system had developed that this planet would collide with Earth in 2003. Oop, red flag. Now, this came about after an alleged psychic named Nancy Leader claimed that she could channel extraterrestrial beings. Red flag. And they gave her this knowledge as a warning to humanity. All right, this is already the weirdest fucking episode we've ever done. <laughs> I'm smoking a joint. All right. Right. So when this collision didn't actually happen, the date of the catastrophe was changed to 2012 to coincide with the end of the Mayan calendar. Well, that makes it really nice and uh, Right. Perfect. So we're just going to push it out a little it's bit. In there. Convenient. However, once again, there was no planetary collision, but Red flag. believers weren't about to allow themselves to be caught unprepared for. So when a comet called Elenin 
was discovered, Mm -hmm. it was theorized that this was actually Nibiru, (laughs) and the collision would take place in 2017, on the 23rd of September to be exact. But this also didn't come to pass, and now it's considered by most to be nothing but pseudoscience and Mm fear-mongering. There are, however, still those that believe that the planet does exist. I know a guy. And it holds an important key to our history. Aliens, diddle, and monkeys. It's said that a race of extraterrestrial beings with superior knowledge live on Nibiru, and they are what we consider to be the missing link in the evolution of mankind. Anunnaki. Because they lived on our planet more than 450,000 years ago. Mm, okay. Sitchin and his enthusiasts believe that this race of aliens came to Earth in search of gold, but soon discovered that mining the metal was going to be a huge challenge. It's fucking hard. So they devised a plan in which someone else would do the heavy lifting. Get those little fucking cave monkeys to do it. Humans. Now you get to work till you die. Yep. Thanks a lot, ancient, multidimensional, shape-shifting, time-traveling reptoid aliens. The plan was to mix Homo erectus and Anunnaki DNA in order to create Homo sapiens. And so the Anunnaki were freed from a life of hard labor, but the relationship wasn't all one-sided. Apparently, the Anunnaki also shared certain pieces of information with the Sumerians, including knowledge of space. You couldn't help it. If you could talk to a dog and the dog could learn your language, you'd be like, oh, Here, yeah, here's exactly. a cool little toy for you to play with. Check this out, Check whatever this it is. Out. Here's yep. a car. <laughs> give, give, the, give it a run. See what we can do. Here's a heater. On the other side is an AC unit. Check this out. (laughs) So this was evidenced by a clay tablet that was discovered in a set of ruins in Nineveh, showing how to navigate our solar system, evidently. They were also given maps of our solar system that showed Nibiru as the outermost planet, rather than Neptune, as we believe. Oh, but Pluto. Poor Pluto. Yeah, it doesn't get any love. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yep. Added to this is the belief that the Sumerians had knowledge of comets and planets that once held water, such as Mars. But they also claim that there was potable water on Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn, amongst others. Loves Venus. And it's also believed that they were the first to show how Earth's moon was formed. God poop. However, the Anunnaki weren't considered by all conspiracy theorists to be helpful and friendly. There are many people who believe they are actually a race of lizard-like humanoids, Mm -hmm. many of which still live among us on Earth. Checks out, man. But surely this would be obvious, right? Since this race of lizard people would definitely stand out. They're (laughs) shapeshifters! You would think. Mm. Multidimensional inter-fucking-planetary. Right? Planetary intergalactic. (laughs) But this is explained by the idea that they have the ability to alter their appearance and are able to walk freely among us. But the Anunnaki don't hide from humans as one might expect. They actually disguise themselves in order to attain positions of power and celebrity. I'm actually a, you know, a lizard guy. <laughs> Cultivating more conspiracy theories claiming that many of the politicians and celebrities that we know are actually part of this lizard race. Fucking hey, bro. For example, Queen Elizabeth II was said to be one of these extraterrestrials. You're telling me Charlie Sheen isn't a fucking lizard? <laughs> Come on. It was thought that she sought to rule humans by gaining a position of power. Hmm. However, it wasn't just rulers and politicians who are supposed to be reptilians. Many celebrities, including Angelina Jolie, Katy Perry, Mark Zuckerberg, Hmm. Elon Musk, Michael Jackson, they've all been accused of being a part of this reptilian race. And it's believed by many that they use their influence over their fans 
to shape the world around them. Shit. Many people claim to have witnessed disguised Anunnaki losing control over their shape-shifting abilities, revealing their lizard eyes or reptilian scales instead of human skin. Fucking, I've seen it, man. I think it's really interesting because I've seen some of these video clips and some of these pictures and it's a glitch in the camera. Yeah. It's, and I've, I've, I've never been able to wrap my mind around that. It's but, super funny. Because yeah. the 80s and 90s is when it happened. And then it never happens again. I know. It's because always our, on VHS. Our or cameras on got better. Tape, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But as with many conspiracy theories, there are those with more rational minds, which some might call fun suckers, such as Dr. Michael S. Heiser, who believes that the Sumerian texts have been wrongfully translated by Sachin. Yeah, there's a website called Sitchin is Wrong right. that tears it all apart. One example is a translation made by Sitchin of the word nafal, uh, which he believes refers to rockets used by the Anunnaki. So this interpretation was one that actually led to the belief that the Anunnaki were the Nephilim. Bible giants. But Heiser maintains that there's no proof anywhere in any ancient text, including the Sumerian clay tablets, where the word nafal is a reference to the Nephilim. Now, those that oppose the Anunnaki conspiracy theory believe that Sitchin didn't have the necessary education to translate the clay tablets properly. They think he's a cunt. Well, instead, he decided to fit the translations around his beliefs. They think he's full of shit. Zachariah Sitchin passed away in 2010, but his theories have lived on, and in fact, his website, EnkiSpeaks.com, still exists. Oh yeah, it does. The site is filled with theories about the Anunnaki, including claims they were godlike, but they withheld this information from humans in order to decide our fates without our knowledge. Well, that would make sense if you're godlike. Right. You well, then, a fucking bunch of peons <laughs> telling you what to do. Well, then there's the, a slightly less popular theory that the Anunnaki make up part of a group of people who shape the Earth's history, economy, and rulers called the Illuminati. It's said that this group consists of enlightened individuals who use their influence to run the world as they see fit. This group is said to start wars, bring chosen people to prominence and power, eat the bugs, and influence the media in a way that we will eventually eat the bugs. that will eventually have an impact on the world. Whether, All that sounds crazy. Whether the impact is political, economic, or social. Powerful people don't collude with each other. Oh, weirdo. It's also said that they intend to create a single global currency that will bring the countries of our planet closer together, but in reality. It's a thinly veiled plan to control as many of the masses as possible. We do lack being controlled. As strange as this may sound, there are hundreds of thousands of people all over the world who believe the Anunnaki to be real, even though there's no scientific proof that they exist. They're part of the autonomy. <laughs> One argument held by these believers of this theory is that there's no proof that they don't exist. Red flag. Which I... I it That's, was very interesting. A lot of people like to do that. Well, you I, can't disprove my silly thing that I made up, so therefore, it's right. like, well, that unfazed. I know, so many things that I was reading, it was like, okay. I've I mean, got a it, pink elephant dragon hybrid yep. in the trunk of my car. Right. We're not going to go look at it, but it's about, yep. you know. Prove, prove it's not there, well, right? Prove it. So it may not make much sense, but it's held as an argument nonetheless. I mean... Let's be honest. There have been many theories that were dismissed by the masses 
uh, conspiracy theories even uh, that were dismissed due to lack of evidence, but then they turned out to be true. Certainly. So, you know, this is kind of... Kind Humans of... are conniving fucks, but they almost <laughs> always can't keep a secret. <laughs> now it's time for our next conspiracy. It even has a killer demon horse statue. <laughs> Most conspiracy theories deal with certain groups of people, like the previously mentioned Illuminati. Mm. But some of these theories are aimed at specific places. One of which is... The DIA, Denver, Airport. Denver yeah. International Airport. I did a bunch of research on that for Time Suck. Yeah. And holy shit, it doesn't go really very well, far. Well, there's there's some interesting stuff there. In is. There is. And I know we've touched on a few things in a past episode, um, but I expanded a little more in here. The airport was built, according to many people, for an irrational reason, since Denver already had Stapleton International Airport. Yeah, but it was old as fuck. Right. Well, when it was proposed that it would... Uh, be closed to make way for the new airport there were many people who were opposed to this idea since stapleton had six runways five terminals and apparently it served the city well but planning went ahead and in 1995 stapleton was officially closed after which it was redeveloped to become central park which is denver's biggest residential neighborhood nice Many people think that this is where conspiracy theories surrounding the airport started. Given that the new airport had fewer facilities in it and seemed to be a nonsensical change, this could only serve some unknown nefarious purpose. This belief... <laughs> to be the one of the biggest airports in the country. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, this belief was only fueled by the fact that Denver... International took much longer to build than was planned, and because the budget for its construction seemed far too high. We're incompetent with our budgeting. <laughs> when people learned that the airport had been constructed to include underground tunnels, it only fanned the flames of conspiracy and conjecture ran rampant. It only seems like we're trying to streamline the luggage situation. <laughs> Authorities assured members of the public that the tunnels were to be used for baggage conveying systems. Mm -hmm. And to house a train that ran between terminals. But this did little to dissuade those who had already decided that there was something weird going on. Because fuck you, that's why. Once again, we run into the Illuminati and race of lizard people. Those pesky lizard folks. Some conspiracy theorists believe that these underground tunnels are actually meant to be used as bunkers by these two groups when the world comes to an end. Da, da, da. They gotta fly all the way to Denver? Right. Me. Though it's, it isn't certain how they would survive after the apocalypse has come and gone, though. Others believe that the tunnels reach much further than we're being told, since they're rumored to be connected to the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, Mm, okay. which could mean that at least one of the tunnels is around 100 miles long. So it can go to Hollow Earth. This would then show the tunnels were constructed using technology that we're, we're not aware of. It's possible. Now, since DIA has only been in existence for less than 30 years, if constructed using machinery known to us, it would take much longer to construct a tunnel that reached that far. Right. Sometimes... It only takes the mere mention of a certain phrase to ignite this weird conspiracy theory. When it was discovered that the airport's dedication marker mentioned the New World Airport Commission, yeah. who displayed a major part in its construction, people yeah. lost their shit. They did. And it was theorized that the airport had ties to the New World Order, which is rumored to be a totalitarian government that clandestinely rules the entire planet. George W. Bush, he, I, his, his daddy talked about it. I pulled that that quote directly from the internet somebody else wrote that but 
I, that was a mouthful. That's fucking, that's, <laughs> in a nutshell, I would say. Well, to make matters worse, there was no record of an organization called the New World Airport Commission. Right, and they cons- just made it up. Right, and conspiracy theorists believe that they'd stumbled upon something that was meant to be kept a uh, secret from the public. Even though they put it on a block right I know. in the, the airport. <laughs> now, Shh, don't tell anybody. We, Look at the block. <laughs> we know that certain conspiracy theories are born out of ignorance or misunderstanding, and that definitely seems to be the case in one of the theories surrounding DIA. Members of the public started noticing strange markings on some of the airport's buildings. And many believe that it was this too pointed to a secret society like the New World Order. Mm-hmm. However, it had been explained that these markings refer to the periodic table of elements yeah. and the Navajo language, uh, which is spoken by the people native to New Mexico and Arizona. But still, this theory is believed by thousands of people who see the markings. Uncle Tim. Right? Yeah. Then people targeted the airport's runways. Despite it being proven otherwise, people started claiming that the runways were laid out in a pattern that's reminiscent of uh, the emblem worn by German soldiers during oh, World War really? II. Yep. Oh, boy. I didn't even see that one. Now, to, Maybe be, I did. I don't know. to be honest, the runways, when you look at them from an aerial view, they, they do somewhat resemble this thing, the symbol. Yeah. But it's considered uh, quite a stretch for people to claim that the construction was intentional. Since the runways were built this way, on purpose so that to airplanes av- could land right to yeah. avoid delays and arrivals during bad weather which actually was a major issue with mm-hmm. the parallel runways of stapleton airport no conspiracy theory would be complete without a mention of the apocalypse mm-hmm. and dia is no exception to that rule because them paintings huh add a series of coincidences to a misunderstood interpretation and there would be no limit to the theories that'll pop up this has to do with a sculpture that was created by the artist uh, named Louise. Oh, you're talking about the big ass blue horse. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Luis Jimenez. So, yeah, I've so. seen it both ways, but I only had to type it. The piece features a massive horse, more specifically a blue Mustang, and it has red glowing eyes. Big red eyes. Now I'm which uh, which of the apocalypse horses was blue? <laughs> the one that John Elway rode. Uh, well. I remember the, my first time seeing this big horse. Mm-hmm. I remember... Now, you lived in Denver. I lived... Well, I lived... A, around it. Around Denver. And I remember seeing the horse for the first time. And I was really surprised at the sinister look of this horse. Mm-hmm. I really was. And I thought it was very interesting. I was like, why, why, why? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's creepy. Well, it actually killed the artist, too. Well, yeah. So, the, the appearance earned the nickname Lucifer. Yeah. And I don't... I don't blame them. <laughs> so the conspiracy theorists believe that the sculpture represents one of the four horses of the apocalypse, like you said, the blue one. The blue one. Despite the fact that Jimenez repeatedly stated that the eyes were meant to represent the American West's wild spirit. <laughs> but his theory only gained traction after an unfortunate coincidence involving the sculptor's creator, right, right. Jimenez. Yep. He was involved in an accident during which a piece of the massive horse fell on him. And it killed his ass. Right. Many people took this as proof that it had a nefarious purpose, mm-hmm. the demon horse. Mm-hmm. Then there's the artwork. 
that adorns many areas of the airport. The first theory surrounds depictions of gargoyles that can be found around the airport. That shit's awesome. I love gargoyles. Oh, me too. Some believe this to be a sign that evil is at play here. Wouldn't you want a fucking pet gargoyle? I, of all the creatures of all the things. It's I like, love that I one. want one that sits over my door and is like, get the fuck out of here. Right, get right. Get off his lawn. Well, I think, yes. it, I think it's funny that a lot of people think that it's a sign that there's evil there. When in fact that gargoyles were used in the past to do to just the off opposite. Yeah. Right. Statues of gargoyles have been placed on castles and other buildings to watch over not only the buildings, but the people that dwell within them. How evil. Right. Many people believe that they were placed at the airport as a symbol of the evil that exists inside and beneath the building. They just want to tell on themselves. <laughs> well, another another issue people had with the artwork consists of murals created by Leo Tenguma. They are creepy. Uh, yes. People pointed out that these pieces include elements that are reminiscent of Hitler's party and that this shows that the airport is run by an underground fascist society. Which is definitely not the artist's point. Right. He, well, he mentioned it quite a few times. Yeah. Uh, once again, the opposite is true. As Tenguma has stated, the murals are meant to convey depictions of peace around the world. And defeating right. totalitarianism. And, yeah. and restoration of our planet's environment. But they're scary. That's the thing. They, well, they have a, one of the <clears throat> depictions is ridiculous. It is. When it comes to something in an airport when you're walking like, I'm tired. That was a lot of traveling. Holy oh, fuck, it's yeah. a giant mask guy with a machine gun stomping on the faces of humanity. <laughs> well, I'm going to chime in on this one. Having lived in Colorado, as previously stated, I went to the airport a lot for family visits and stuff. I was creeped out by the murals. Yeah. I really was. So you saw him up close. I and did. <laughs> and I remember kind of like the horse walking through the airport the first time. And I think it was on one of those people movers seeing these murals going, oh, my God, that's depressing. Yeah. I mean, I didn't find anything uplifting about them. That's that's the challenge that I had. They were sad. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean, if you go to the end of the mural, there is a victory for humanity, I guess, in the eyes of the artist and Shangri-La. I, I don't stuff. ever want to judge art, but right. it's definitely uh, an odd experience. I think they've removed quite a few of those. At oh, point. have they? I think so. Well, last but not least is the conspiracy theory that the Illuminati headquarters is situated just beneath the airport. Makes sense. Why not? <laughs> I love living next to an airport. Why not live under it? Right. Well, I mentioned earlier that the airport's construction cost a lot more than originally budgeted for. And these theorists, these theory people, they believe the only reason that it was ever completed at all was because of funds provided by members of the Illuminati. Mm, dirty lizard money. <laughs> well, bringing further weight to this theory is the fact that a time capsule was buried at the airport, which contains a Freemasonry emblem. Oh my goodness. Right. Well, this was enough to garner suspicion from certain members of the public who quickly linked the airport to the supposed clandestine organization. Mm hmm now, this proves again that if someone is looking for a conspiracy theory, they'll they'll find a way to make it relevant to whichever subject they choose, and it may be impossible to prove them wrong. And they also often choose not to be proven wrong by not listening to anyone. Right. Well, that's... I'm Ooh, seeing, sheeple, I'm, stupid. I'm, I'm seeing that across the board here. Well, I'm going to move on to the next strange story. Okay. Now it's time for a conspiracy that takes us under the surface of the earth. Eh? I'm sure we've all become familiar with the conspiracy theory that gained a lot of traction in recent years that claim that the earth isn't round, round shape. but flat. Where would we have heard that uh, <laughs> most recently? <I'm> like, <laughs> 
hey now, seek the walls. Everybody out there, seek the walls. Said hey now, seek the walls. Everybody out there, seek the eyes Much has been said about the subject from believers and detractors alike. But another theory about our planet has been uh, seen the light of day recently, and it's called the hollow earth theory. We also delved into that a bit, Mm -hmm. I'd say. This theory grew in popularity after an Instagram post claiming that the earth is hollow gained a lot of attention, but... This this is one of my favorites. Yeah. Its origins date further back than you might think. Now, this idea actually started out as a genuine scientific proposition. In 1692, Edmund Haley the famous English astronomer, after which Halley's Comet is named, suggested that the Earth didn't consist merely of layers and a core, but instead, it contained a number of spheres, each of which spins in a different direction. He also suggested that the spheres were situated around the Earth's core and that each sphere may contain a type of atmosphere that could support life. She. This theory was never taken very seriously by the Royal Society of London and not much thought. They didn't think much about it. That is, until a man named John Cleves Sims decided to add his two cents to the theory. In 1818, Sims suggested that it was possible for us to reach these spheres mentioned by Hillel via holes that are situated at the North and South Poles. These holes quickly became known as Sims holes. This theory would become even more popular in the 1960s after a photograph uh, taken by a satellite showed the North Pole from space and it contained what appeared to be a massive hole in the Earth's crust. Sims thought that there wasn't just vegetation and fauna under the Earth. But dinosaurs, but fuck! Per- but proposed that there may be a race of humans living beneath our feet. He also suggested that it isn't just the Earth that's hollow, but the entire universe. Like a bunch of eggs. <laughs> Sims was so invested in his theory that he made plans to travel to the poles to find the access holes. And he started gaining followers who shared in his beliefs. We got two weeks of training and a boat to make blow. We gotta raise a lot of money so an Angus can glow. Illuminatus come fuck. Here we go, Illuminati scum fucker, grab the oars. Hey, now, seek the walls. Everybody out there, seek the walls. In 1822, he secured a chance uh, at a vote in Congress that would see him receive the funding he needed for his expedition. Hmm. But the idea was quickly dismissed, and he never got the chance to prove or disprove his idea. Son of a bitch. However, this idea didn't die there. In fact, it's proven so popular that books have been written about it. People have created websites dedicated to the belief, and some have even considered traveling to the polls to find out for themselves whether it's true. I think that's a good idea. You want to boat away to somewhere that you think is real, but is it because you haven't thought it through and because you haven't got a reason to be questioning yourself because your narcissistic mind is telling you that everything is all okay. It's not. Hey, mm-hmm. now, seek mm-hmm. the wall. Everybody Mm -hmm. out there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The theory also has different variations with some people claiming that there are, in fact, no spheres under the Earth's crust. Just a massive void that may hold all sorts of animals and plants that we've never seen before. Others claim that the Earth has no core, but instead has a sun that sits in the exact center of this massive chasm. I love that theory. This sun is then believed to be the source of heat and light that these plants and creatures need to survive, Mm. and that they not only survive, but they thrive 
beneath your surface. Well, you can get a house. You can get hydroponic shit going. You can get lights inside the house. Why not for a fucking ecosystem? So taking Sims' theory about a hollow universe one step further, a man named Cyrus Teed, who eventually would become a cult leader, (laughs) he theorized that our entire universe is actually situated inside of a giant shell. Now, this would mean that we're living inside a hollow structure. This sparks the question, if we're living inside of a structure, how are we able to observe the universe and all of its stars, planets, and, you know, other celestial bodies? But he had an answer for that, too. He claimed that when we see, what we see when we look up at the night sky is nothing but an illusion, Uh and that the stars are just reflections from a solar mechanism that creates disillusion. Shit. Isn't that strange? That is strange. Now, surprisingly, many people believed in this theory, and Teed soon had many followers who became part of a community of like-minded people who lived in Estero, Florida. But the community members all went their separate ways after Teed, who was now at that time called Karash. King Karash. When he passed away. Hmm. Now, other theories about Hollow Earth suggest that the lost tribes of Israel were taken to live beneath the Earth's surface. And this is where both heaven and hell are situated. Oh, super. This was proposed in 2008 by author Rodney Clough, who claims to have uncovered irrefutable evidence that not only is the Earth round, but same is true for almost every planet in our solar system. They are round. Right. Yeah, but he claims to have made that discovery. Oh. Yeah, so he's... He, <laughs> he doesn't read a lot of science books. No, he discovered the evidence that this is true. Okay. Okay, he also believes... <laughs> he also believes in a theory that there's a sun at the center of the hollow earth. I like. And that it's home to Vikings, mm. World War II refugees... Pretty old. ...and Inuit people. Oh, nice. Claiming... He claimed that he had spoken to the people who made it inside the underground world, hmm. who, who lived there. Clough decided to see for himself, and he started organizing an expedition to travel to the North Pole in 2007. i got to reach out to them. Now, the plan was to reach the pole via Russia at the cost of $20,000 per person, and upon their arrival beneath the Earth, they would visit the king of the inner dimension. After sightseeing at the city of Eden, both of which were part of this amazing world. They're kind of giving away the plot of Ice Walls, too, here. Right. (laughs) going North Pole. North Pole. However, the expedition never took place, as this group's plans never seemed to work out. But Clough has stated he will continue to try and find a way to make it to the inner world. Meaning, I will continue to raise money Mm -hmm. and spend it, and we will figure out how to keep just spending the money and not going. Well, Clough still states that it's his opinion. He, He believes the Earth's crust is about 800 miles thick and that there's no layers uh, no further layers beneath this crust Hmm. so as for the sun that's situated at the center it has two halves one of which shines brightly to provide daylight and the other side is darker providing darkness at night he also insists that we may have had contact with the people who live beneath the earth but this evidence is being suppressed by the powers that be. It fucking always <clears throat> is. And they'll stop at nothing to conceal the Sims holes, which would grant us access to a better and richer world. If we knew that there were people living under the ground and that there was a whole fucking universe mm-hmm. of hollow things where people live under the ground, we'd still just go to Starbucks and we'd go to Walmart and <laughs> right. we still watch Monday Night Football. It's right. not really going to change everything, I think. Well, this theory isn't just based on the ideas of scientists and astronomers, though. 
it would seem that fictional literature had its part to play after Jules Verne published a book, uh, A Journey to the Center of the Earth. NHG. In this tale, a group of explorers find a volcanic conduit to which they can access the Earth's interior. And once inside, they discover a whole other world, complete with oceans, prehistoric fish, mastodon forests, and giant men. I feel like this is one of my favorite stories, is his version of the center of the earth. Well, this story gave rise to similar pieces of fiction that became the basis of today's hollow earth theory that include a race of advanced humans that live in the inner earth, accompanied by animals and dwarves. Like the ones on their surface. Animals. Right. It's also said that the jungles under the earth teem with wildlife and that there's a constant aura that provides light for these jungles to thrive, which in turn provides sustenance to the animals that live within it. It sounds beautiful. Sounds like a utopia. Doesn't it? It does. One last theory Uh, I'd like to mention here is that some people believe the center of the earth to be inhabited by extraterrestrial beings that can often be seen flying their craft into the ocean to gain access to their homes. Around Mount Shasta. Have you seen it? I saw it. Now, this does seem to be the least popular theory for now, (laughs) but we'll just... I don't know. Behind the giants and the mole people? Okay. <laughs> right. It seems to be the list. Uh, I don't know. As we go, as we move forward, it's becoming more and more plausible as far as a lot of people are concerned. Mm. So this is like the newest hollow earth theory. People were very bored in 2020 and it's just gone <laughs> kind of downhill. And I think it's hopefully, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, the next one, uh, this next idea involves black holes. Hmm. Are you ready for a conspiracy involving a black hole in you? <laughs> now, as you may imagine, there's more than one theory that involves the Earth. Yes. Such as suggestions that we live in a computer simulation. Never heard of that. Which accounts for strange events that are often referred to as glitches in the Matrix. I don't know what those things are. <laughs> Others believe that our planet isn't actually in space. But that it rests on the back of a giant turtle. I, I, that's for the one I prefer. Right. Or in some cases, uh, an elephant that's making its way across the cosmos. I like to go either or. Like elephant half the year, turtle right. the other half. Right. <laughs> that's my bets. But another theory that refuses to die is one that claims we're living inside of a black hole. Mm-hmm. And that isn't just Earth that's trapped, but our entire universe. Well, how would we know? Now, this is going to take some explaining. Most of us are familiar with the scientific theory that our universe is the result of the Big Bang. Yes. Now, before this event, it's claimed that every single piece of matter in our universe was compacted into an area no bigger than a soccer ball or, according to some theories, around two and a half acres of Hmm. matter. It's a big difference, but still. But not compared to the universe. Well, when the Big Bang happened, all of this matter was scattered, forming everything that we know today. Stars, planets, and everything in between. But one theory suggests that the opposite is true. That we emerged from a black hole. Sorry, I was doing the black hole. Before being ejected from the black hole, we lived in a five-dimensional world that contained a five-dimensional star that eventually collapsed, forming the four-dimensional black hole in which we currently reside. Hey, honey. Yeah. I miss those other two dimensions. (laughs) A whole lot. All right. So I've done my best to gather information on this theory and make sense of it. Now, it still confuses me. So bear with me while I try to explain how I understand this. Okay. So 
Okay, consider the fact that we live in a three-dimensional universe that contains three-dimensional black holes. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. However, our black holes contain curved event horizons, also known as the point of no return, that are two-dimensional. Right. Okay? Now... It's spaghettified in those fuckers. Right. Two dimensions. So now, consider the possibility that our universe is nothing more than an event horizon. For a 4D or 5D dimension? For this to be possible, we would be living in a four-dimensional black hole since we would always be living in one dimension less than the black hole that we find ourselves in. Are you following me? Not at all. God damn it. Yeah, I am. Now, this theory might not be as outlandish as we imagine. Many reputable scientists believe that this is a distinct possibility since it answers many of the questions about our universe that we've been unable to address. For example, if all the matter contained in that small football-sized area were to be swallowed by a black hole, the black hole would grow according to the amount of matter that it swallowed. However, uh, so would the black hole's event horizon. So it would contain the exact amount of matter that makes up the universe as we know it, but we may not be able the only ones living inside of this black hole. Shit. Okay, so the interest this this gets really interesting. About time. I give physicist Nicoderm Pulaski. Inventor of Nicoderm. The gum I chose to chew when I stopped choosing to chew. Nicoderm, sorry. Has theorized that there may be an entirely different universe inside every black hole that exists. Well shit. And each of those universes can hold any number of planets similar to Earth. I'm pretty sure every sci-fi author of all time has also thought that. Well, that would mean that Futurama thinks that. How long is Futurama around? That would mean that there may be billions of Earth-like planets that exist in alternate dimensions. Dumb! Each with its own unique life forms, solar systems, and possibly humans. And they're all still going to Walmart and having some Starbucks. Right. Poplaski thinks that when a star dies, it collapses in on itself, creating a black hole. When this happens, a white hole is formed on the other side of the black hole. A white hole your face, Nicodern. And this would be where a brand new universe is formed. But black holes aren't constant, and they may lose mass over time. But this doesn't mean that the universe that it created stopped existing, since it would, in all likelihood, keep expanding, as our universe does. My goodness. This would also mean that these universes are, they weren't born out of singularities, since the radius would be the same as that of the black hole from which it was created. But that leaves the question of how the original black hole that created the universe came into existence in the first place. Right, so we have to go find a miracle. Well, he thinks, Poplaski thinks that each black hole may have been created in another universe. Well, that's a fucking, then what, and then you just keep going, like the Russian doll thing. Well, yeah, which would mean that our planet and our entire universe was once part of another universe that existed in an alternate dimension. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Another another element that needs to be considered is whether these alternate universes observe the same laws of physics as our own. Hmm. It's entirely possible that this isn't the case. I hope not. And many people believe that those living in an alternate universe may have fewer restrictions as far as physics go. I want to live in the universe where they're like, you know what about tooth pain? 
We don't do that here. Or back well, pain or pregnancy pain. This stubbing your toe pain. Hmm? This could mean that interdimensional travel is easily possible where technology may advance much faster in one of these universes than in ours. Yeah, so we can go to Starbucks in another fucking galaxy. Hooray. If that is the case, other beings may be able to travel between these dimensions, visiting planets in unexplored universes such as ours. And setting up Starbucks's. So does this account for some of the strange things we see going on in space in our own universe starbucks I mean, expansion yeah i think so could it be maybe some of the ufos that we see are in fact travelers from an alternate reality with a whole bunch of crates of coffee beans yeah probably uh, maybe uh-huh. <laughs> all right moving on and now for our final conspiracy it's got two weird things in it eh? brunswick springs which is located in brunswick vermont mm-hmm. is known for its six springs now, in each of these, it's rumored to contain a different mineral, evidently. Hmm. This setting of the springs is idyllic. Uh, it has flowing streams, green vegetation. Apparently, it's very beautiful. But there may be a darker side to the springs, as many people believe them to be cursed. Now, the curse is said to have started while people of the Abenaki tribe lived in the area and they used the springs on a daily basis and they also believed in the healing properties brought about by the minerals that they contain they believe that they had proof of these healing properties as a soldier who was wounded during the french indian war he was brought to the springs and placed in the water the abenaki people believe that the minerals in the spring could be used to treat and heal any ailment known to man but each ailment needed its own unique mixture of the six minerals. Now, this knowledge is said to have been lost over time, unfortunately. Hmm. But before long, the soldier that we were just talking about was completely healed, and he was sent on his way. But after the war had ended, the soldier returned to the springs as he was amazed by their powers. However, he then did something that the Abenaki people considered totally sacrilegious. His plan was to bottle the water from the spring so he could sell it. Oh, right? shit. But the Abenakis tried to stop him. And I guess a, a small war broke out. A struggle ensued, causing one of the tribe's people to lose their life. Hmm. Now, a member of the tribe, who was said to be a very powerful sorceress, then turned around and cursed the springs so that anyone who wanted to use the springs for nefarious purposes would run into serious trouble. The guy just wants to sell the people magic water and make a little profit on the top, just a little the bit. The spirit of the sorcerer is believed to still haunt the nearby Silver Lake, mm-hmm. as many people have reported seeing her wandering in the area. But not everyone heeded her warnings, and soon word spread about the miraculous springs that healed a mortally wounded soldier. Mm-hmm. This attracted people, business people, hungry, profit-hungry people, since it was common at the time for ailments to be treated by mineral-rich water, especially by those who belonged to Europe's upper class. Mm-hmm. So by 1932, the first house in Brunswick was built, and 28 years later, a hotel was constructed. To make matters worse, the hotel used water directly from the springs <laughs> and advertised this fact to attract as many customers as possible. Sacred Water Hotel. People from all over started flocking to the springs to make use of the healing properties in the water. Watch, they use lead pipes or something. Right. Shit. Well, it said that it healed people of all kinds of issues, which like consumption, rheumatism, hmm. liver and kidney problems, as well as inanimate limb syndrome. 
which huh? I thought that was kind of interesting. That's so separate and different from anything else. Yeah, it is. So in 1894, a fire broke out in the hotel and it burned to the ground. Now, not to be outdone, the owner of the hotel, who was a dentist named Dr. Rule, he rebuilt it. And then after his passing in 1910, it was sold to a man named John Hutchins. 19 years later, however, it was also burned to the ground. Hmm. But Hutchins decided that he too, he's not going to give up. And he built two more hotels on the same land. Hmm. Despite knowing that the curse may bring further disaster, he saw the springs as a gold mine, essentially. And since he was already successful financially, he could take advantage of the springs to further his position. What compares if you're a businessman? It's like, I've got magic water. I know. Or I guess we could sell <laughs> soybeans. What are we doing? What, well, I'm going to do the magic water thing. I right. Think. Well, Hutchins was aware of the supposed curse, but he chose to ignore it. He it's didn't, that or soybeans. He Fuck it. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it to be true. And maybe he may have wanted to heed the warnings mm-hmm. as his other two hotels suffered the same fate as the first. Mm-hmm. They were destroyed by fire. Oh, damn. It was ruled that one of the fires had broken out when paint containers that were being stored at the hotel, they just burst into flames. Is that how paint containers? I don't know. Maybe in this period of time. Shit. But many po- people believe that it was a result of the sorcerer's curse since the cause of the other two fires were never determined. <laughs> But the tales of the curses didn't end there. At the beginning of the 1800s, rumors began to spread that there was a strange and elusive creature, which they called the Weejuk, living in the woods surrounding the springs, terrifying the people who lived in the area. At the time, locals described this creature as something similar to like a bear, but it was no normal bear. It's said that this creature had the intelligence of a human and it would be seen acting like a person. On one occasion, one of, <laughs> I like the idea of a werebear. <laughs> on one occasion, one of the creature's offspring, one of their babies, Baby was reportedly seen by Samuel de Chaplet, a French explorer. And what it was doing was it was throwing pine cones at his fellow explorers while they were traveling through the area on a boat. Those who claimed to have seen the strange creature reported that it walked upright on its hind legs like a human. And if anyone tried to cause it harm, it would literally follow them, seek them out, and take revenge on them. Hmm. Some people reported seeing the creature filling up buckets with tree sap, which is used as its sustenance, I guess. Hmm. This this beast, this animal, is said to be very aggressive. A bucket? A bucket. Shit. Right? A bucket a collecting sap bu- in a, a bear with a bucket. bucket. I like it. Well, this this thing is is uh, said to be very aggressive, and anyone who came across its path uh, was warned to leave as quickly as possible. Now, it would seem that this creature wasn't too fond of living anywhere near anyone either. Well, yeah, as they're it, trying to take his fucking bucket. Well, it was known to destroy the fences. The bucket. <laughs> it was known to destroy fences, use whole trees to decimate crops that had just been planted. And it would often chase after livestock that were grazing in the fields. Where bears a dick. Traps were set up to try and capture this thing. But it would escape these traps every time. Thanks to the so, bucket. The locals and the sap, right? Yeah. So th- some locals took to calling it Old Slippery Skin. That was its nickname. I like Werebear. I'm going with Werebear. <laughs> well, I feel like that's a good t-shirt. Werebear in his bucket. Further proving its intelligence, though, hunters found it impossible to track this creature. 
They reported they would pick up its trail, but it would suddenly end as if the creature had literally disappeared into thin air. Mm. It's thought that the beast would backtrack over its own footprints, leaving hunters basically baffled, no clue where it had gone. That's not how bears do. Proving that it was able to outsmart them. That's how bears do. You know, or... So the tales claim. Right. Okay. Go where, bear. Evidently, this creature was so ferocious that when Jonas Galusha, the governor of Vermont, decided to hunt it down in the Maidstone Woods. The Maidstone Woods. They had to make a quick escape. When Werebear has his bucket, shit gets messy. Because it had come after them and chased them clean out to the tree line. I got to cheer for the Werebear over Right. Just chased him clean out of there. Get that government, Werebear. No further developments were ever to undertaken on the land where the springs were located. All right. And none are planned for the future. Okay. But locals still swear by the healing properties that the water offers. One man stated when he returned to the area after serving in the army, he started working on the railroad. That sounds like a great highwayman song. During this time, he injured his back at work and sought help from doctors and chiropractors, but he claims no one was able to help him. It was only when he drank water from the Brunswick Springs that he started feeling better and eventually made a full recovery, to which he credits to the springs. There was an also uh, there was an older man who used to live near the springs, and he was known to go to the water every day mm. without fail. So he could shit in it. He lived to the ripe old age of 90 and always credited his good health to the fact that he would visit the springs on a daily basis. But not everyone agrees with either the supposed curse or the healing properties that the springs offer. Right. Scientific studies that were carried out on the water revealed that the springs contained large amounts of sulfur dioxide and that there's a negligible difference in minerals between each of the springs. Hmm. Now, as for the curse, that's said to plague the waters. There are also many skeptics who believe that the unfortunate events that have taken place there were nothing more than a series of accidents and coincidences. Right. People have lots right. of accidents. Well, and, and these were taken by superstitious people to mean more than they actually did. That's always what happens. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, this doesn't account for the strange creature that supposedly walks in the woods. Fucking werebear. <laughs> werebear. They, skeptics, I, I gotcha. They were fucking animals out there. That's what happened. Whoopsie. <laughs> well, skeptics believe that this was most likely just a bear. Yeah. But given the tales that have been told about it to visitors uh, to the woods, they immediately jump to conclusions when they venture across its path. Well, manatee is supposedly a fucking mermaid. Mermaid, right? So you know they're going <clears> to... <throat> people aren't necessarily super right. accurate I know. when it comes to describing things. Right. Also, they probably don't want to be like, I fucked this ugly thing that's like a <laughs> weird mammal in the water I, it was, she's beautiful she had a fishtail it was awesome it was the best since, sex ever <clears throat> since only a handful of people claim to have seen the creature its existence remains a mystery that many people are still trying to solve whatever the case may be Brunswick Springs remains a mystical wonder to those who live nearby, hmm. and they consider themselves lucky to be a part of its history. Fuck yeah. Now, whether you believe in these theories or not, I there not. are millions of people around the world that are steadfast in their belief. Well, they shouldn't be that way. And many will not be swayed from their opinions. Well, they probably should open their minds up a bit more. In the end, there's no proof. There's no way to ascertain whether these theories are correct, and many of them will likely remain unsolved forever. Hmm.
Fucking hey, that was interesting. Yeah. That's the end. That's the end. That's the end of the show. Well, d- let's talk about stuff. I want to hear your opinion. Okay. Let's talk about it after the thing, though. Okay. Now let's see what our two dipshits think about today's stories. <laughs> all right. So thank you for all that research. Yeah, you're welcome. There were six stories. Yeah, I guess there was, huh? I think so. Yeah. Six different things. Mm-hmm. The Ancient Aliens is where we started with yeah. Zachariah Sitchin. I read a book by Eric Von Doniken mm-hmm. when I was a young man mm-hmm. called Chariots of the Gods. And I remember thinking, wow, yeah, what a cool idea. You intru- I was very credulous also. Well, you introduced me to that concept. I love the idea of ancient had, aliens. It's a fun, yeah. you know, it's really easy to debunk too. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily easy, easy, but there's a lot out there mm-hmm. that you can, if you're just looking. Mm-hmm. If you just don't care if what you think is true, it's fucking awesome. Right. You know, but it's it's awesome too if you do care. Mm-hmm. At the very least, you get to see places around the world that no one's well, going to show you any other way. It's, it's interesting and mm-hmm. I don't know, as an adult, the TV show Ancient Aliens is kind of like my Sesame Street. That's how I look at it too. Yeah. You just have some orange juice and Sesame Street when you don't feel good. Right. And so Ancient yeah. Aliens is that now. Yeah. Fall asleep to that kind of shit. And a mug of hot tea. Aliens. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Georgia Sukulos' voice always. And uh, and Childress. Yes. Yeah. Love absolutely. those two. Uh, Ancient Aliens is fun. It's something mm-hmm. that we could talk more about in the mm-hmm. future. I'm sure we will. We've yeah. got a long time on Scatcast to go. Mm-hmm. But Denver International Airport. Okay. Yeah. We have, we have turned that thing inside out. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, the art there is creepy. It is. It's very strange. But I would never think that, oh, demons, right. that's not where I would go. The interesting thing to me about Denver International Airport is a connection that you have to mm-hmm. a friend of the family that mm-hmm. was part of the dedication of a really cool yes. bridge. Yes. It's a musical bridge mm-hmm. that a friend of the family yeah. that you guys know. Yeah, Calvin Standing Bear. Yeah, his music is played in there. Yeah, the Calvin, cool. yeah Calvin Standing Bear and the Red Tail Chasing Hawks. Uh, and they are not Illuminati. No, no, they're not. I sat and had dinner with them multiple times, or at least one of them, mm-hmm. Calvin. Not Illuminati. Well, the, there's an interesting story behind that, because from the native standpoint, at least from Calvin's beliefs, was the spirits of the land didn't agree with the airport being built where it was Hmm. because it was disturbing sacred land. So he had actually, he was contracted by the the people who put the music on this one bridge. Hmm. Evidently there was a lot of deaths and a lot of injuries during the building of this bridge. Right. Took a lot longer than expected. Right. For whatever reason, it was very dangerous. So they asked Calvin to write music for this bridge to appease the spirits of the land. Mm -hmm. And as long as this music played, the spirits would never, it it was kind of like an offering to the spirits. Mm -hmm. And the more people that heard it, the more offering it was giving to the spirits. So it has, as far as I know, they've never changed that music in 30 years or nearly 30 years. It's played consistently. Yeah. So I find that to be interesting. It's not Illuminati though. No, no, no. But Mm -hmm. all of that stuff from the murals Mm -hmm. to the big horse Mm -hmm. that killed its artist and stuff. It's all interesting. (laughs) Man killed by his art. Yeah. And when you put it all together... It does seem kind of nefarious, but mm-hmm. almost every big building, I think, has some mm-hmm. crazy shit where some people died because mm-hmm. it's a huge buildings. And It's definitely not a, a super vast topic. There are a lot of theories, a lot of ideas, and a lot of fear surrounding the topic. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the worst, my, my, my impression of the whole thing basically is whoever designed the marketing campaign 
for the art itself mm-hmm. wasn't in it to make people feel comfortable. No. It didn't no. feel that way to you me. You know how some artsy people are. They're like, you need to scare them. You need to shock them into <laughs> understanding our point of view. Right. Yeah. That's what I, I got from it. Well, that's what it would yeah. And this was actually my, the first time I saw the art was my first experience on an underground train. Hmm. And it was a subway system and mm-hmm. it was confusing as fuck. Well, fuck. It really was. Okay. I'm not confirmed. I didn't know. It was Who fucking knew? confusing. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the next one is one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you hit on all of them and mm-hmm. I didn't, we didn't talk about this beforehand. Hollow earth. Yeah. Fun. Oh boy. Very fun. I mean, obviously that's part of the ice walls things mm-hmm. and the lore, mm-hmm. but one of my favorite skit scats that I made before I ever did this mm-hmm. was for my radio show. And it kind of got me into telling the stories. And it was a hollow earth version of a show I used to call Mysterious Globe. Mysterious Globe. <laughs> and it had a really bad Australian accent as the guy that led the thing. I Crocky really, fact. I loved that show so much. <laughs> but I remember doing the, the hollow earth version mm-hmm. and going scene to scene. And, and it just felt so fun to make. Yeah. And that story itself is so rich with, you know, if you're doing a, a story mm-hmm. like the hero's journey, mm-hmm. it's a lovely tale. Yeah. And it's... It, it has it all. I mean, mm-hmm. it really does because it's, there's a world in there and, mm-hmm. a, and a bunch of cities and UFOs mm-hmm. and also probably some World War II people and <laughs> Vikings, mole people as well. <laughs> Plants. So. There's the mastodons down there. <laughs> of course there are. And, and he didn't discuss the, cause we've already talked about Admiral Byrd in mm-hmm. the past and stuff, but that's also a fun thing very, where they, they sent an expedition and all that yeah. stuff. So who knows? I Who know. knows what the future people will believe and want to try and do with the earth? It's it's really interesting. Yeah, for those listeners, uh, for you guys, if you don't know about the story of Admiral Byrd, it's B-Y-R-D-E, mm-hmm. I believe. There's B-Y-R-D, an A on the end. I think. Is there? B-Y-R-D? Uh, Either one. You'll find it. Admiral You'll Byrd, Hollow it. Earth. Yes. You'll Check it. it out. Very, very interesting. They claim he had a diary, all sorts of I things. I know. All it's a really of... rich conspiracy if you feel like that kind yeah. of thing for your entertainment. It's fun. Yes. The black hole one, that's a fucking... Right. Blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind. I'm so, not sure where to place that in my mind. I, I place, I'll place it where I don't understand things. Yeah. yeah. This one here. So I dug and dug on this one. I listened to... The, the most difficult thing, but where I got the most information and my poor computer had to pause 500 times was listening to a physicist, a astrophysicist talk about this theory. Mm-hmm. Very fucking confusing. It sounds confusing. But once my mind wrapped around some key words that he was using, and then I was able to listen to a couple more, read some articles. Once I was able to wrap my mind around it, I think it's my favorite theory out there. <laughs> it, it really is. Hmm. Because aside from the fact that we don't know where the original black hole came from. It's always got to be a miracle to start right? science. Yeah. Uh, except for the idea that it comes from an alternate dimension, which is fascinating to me. Well, where did the dimension come from? Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, these are things we will never know. Sure. I don't think we'll ever know. But I do find it fascinating. I loved researching that. I love the challenge and the headache that came thinking that hard, trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. But, you know, it's very interesting. Right. Well, thank you for explaining to us simply. I, and I, still I did my best. I put be- it in. A- I think I may have missed. Uh, I know I missed a lot of really cool points. 
But if you guys were to also travel out there into the interwebs and look it up, and look it up yeah. see what you guys can make of it. It's very interesting. Yeah. And if you know more about it, let us know. Yeah. You can always send us stuff at info at scatcast.com. I guess there was five stories, but this last one had two things. Yeah, it did. Magic Springs mm-hmm. and Werebear. Magic Springs and a magic bear. Yeah. So Brunswick Springs yeah. in Vermont. In Vermont. Yeah. Huh. So the native tribes thought there was special healing powers and basically it had results in that area yeah. so it well, kind the power of, of the mind too mm-hmm. when you believe things is not to be mistaken i mean placebo effect all those kind of things which would be very standard for the tribe but evidently this man was a mortally wounded war veteran and he somehow stumbled into this area i don't know if he was friends with him if he lived in the area or whatever but he was healed by it and wanted to turn it into a lucrative business because that's what humans do. Right. Well, he certainly believed he was healed by it. Yes, he did. Yeah. Now, the I fact... Think doctors and scientists would have a few more questions from there. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, why? Is it is it placebo? And it quite... It might very well be. Yeah, could Placebo be. effect is... Or the is natural body sometimes extremely, heals. Yeah, extremely powerful. But when you combine belief... And your body just doing what it do. Mm-hmm. And massive hydration. Yeah, and yeah, maybe very clean right. water. Because who knows what they were drinking in the war. Right. It's probably just like, it's only beer for, for everyone. Yeah. So when you come out, or your own piss, yeah. you know. But if you combine all of that together, it is going to make a benefit. You're going to see the benefits there, whether it's a magic spring or not. Right. But, you know, like anything else. It'd be nice if there were magic <clears throat> springs on the mm-hmm. earth. But so far, no one has found any of them. No. At least they're not sharing them. Right. And I mean, Ted Turner owns half the United States, so he probably has found it. But he he's probably not has. It well, why would he share it? Right. Seriously. I, I don't know. I mean, well, what would we do to it? We'd put, up, we'd put a Starbucks next <laughs> to it. That's exactly it. We'd piss in it. Mm-hmm. There'd be garbage everywhere. People would be swimming be in it. Yeah. Not everybody. Most. I bet everybody it's listening like to this would be little, like, well, we take our garbage when we go to the magic spring. It's like we, the story of the little pup fish that I told. Remember that story? The pup fish only live in one spring in oh, yeah, Southern yeah. California. Yeah. And what did we do? Pissed in it. Yep. Yeah. Threw garbage in it. Four teenagers, uh, or three teenage boys, decided to party and, and explore the pupfish. That's the only place they exist. Oops. And they stepped on some of them. There was only 140 or something. 126 now. Oh, well, there was way less than that. Oh, really? Because they won't breed. Uh, they, they totally, they won't breed in captivity. They change into something else if they're bred in captivity. Jeez. I'm trying to remember. That's why we need that wiki page. I know. We, <laughs> we we humans have a tendency to kind of, you know, twist things a little bit. We're bipedal, half-shaved, semi-domesticated dumb cunts. Thank you guys so much for listening to us talk. Yes, thank you. We appreciate you guys supporting us in our dive into podcast world. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for all your research and all your hard work every thank week. This is our 73rd week of doing this. It's fun. We've actually have 74 episodes since there's a bonus in the old Patreon now. Mm-hmm. We've got more of those coming in the future as well. Mm-hmm. But thank you to all the people that help us. There are so many people it's an army of folks that are helping promote the show mm-hmm. getting it to new listeners all the time trusted turd triad you guys know who they are don chris Bodie. Mm-hmm. you can find them in the shit box in facebook you can find our discord Scatcast group yep it's very vibrant and fun and of course there's all sorts of other places you can find us mm-hmm. at youtube and all other shit uh, our turd herders yes the trusted turd herders <laughs> PJ, Minnie, Kelly. There's so many of there's them. There's a bunch of them. I'm yes. going to come up with a actual thing mm-hmm. soon for all of the people that help us. And then we'll keep adding to it and changing it as we mm-hmm. go. But like we did with the Fat Cats and Knight Rider. I don't know right. if you've heard any of that yet. But 
I do want to thank you guys officially because it means so much. Yeah. I mean, you are the advertisement. I'm in love with the patron world. Yes, I we think do. that's the best way to decentralize media. Mm-hmm. Nobody owns us. Nobody can tell us anything. I don't have to watch my mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do any watch of that shit. Watch your mouth. I'm not gonna. And neither <laughs> are you. But thank you guys for listening. Yes. We appreciate you. You can find our, our meme army on the internet. Mm-hmm. You can find all these wonderful people doing all these wonderful things mm-hmm. in the name of scat. Yes. Uh, you can find the garbage disposal. There's so many wonderful humans yeah. involved in this. Mm-hmm. All right. Info at scat com. Yep. That's how I get a hold of us. Patreon, you know that. Mm-hmm. As always, we'll talk at you in the future. And it'll seem like the present. It will, I promise. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Bing bong poop. That's it. You're done. Stop talking. No more. But I can't stop talking. Stop. I can't stop talking. The, the, fart no- the fart noise is the last thing. I'm talking over stop here. Stop talking over here. <laughs>